You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Well, happy Mother's Day and great to be with you guys today. What is it that makes for a good mother? And ladies, what could I say to you today that would encourage you, that would help you move forward in being a mother? Well, stick with me through the whole of the teaching today, and I think that you're going to be encouraged, ladies, uh, mothers or not. And I'm inspired today on Mother's Day to honor moms because of my wife. My wife is an awesome mother, and she raised our kids in the ways of God, yeah? She uh, is frugal with our household you know, resources as you got to be when your husband's a pastor. And uh, she creatively trained our children growing up. She serves tirelessly here at the church. And so I honor her. I'm also motivated by my own mother, who is a spicy soul that raised us with discipline and hard work. Man, she stayed on us and uh, she had us in church, right? She had us in church to make sure we had the best opportunity to come to know Jesus, and um, I'm also inspired by the many different awesome mothers throughout our church. I mean, I could go through this room and just point ladies out and have them stand up and honor them for the ways that they literally lay down their lives for their kids. And here's what I was sensing this year during Mother's Day as I was praying about this service is that I sense, ladies, that you sometimes feel this pressure on you to be all things to all people. You ever come to church and feel like everybody expects you to be Mother Teresa when you're at church, and then when you're at home with your man, you're expected to be Beyonce, and then uh, when you're like, as a parent, you're supposed to be like like the super nanny or whatever, and you're supposed to be all these things rolled up in one, and my sense is this year that there are a lot of voices that are placing all these unrealistic expectations on you as women, and I think you're going to be encouraged by an article that I saw a few years ago, and it was in Christianity Today, and it was entitled... The Myth of the Perfect Parent. And the article was written by a lady named Leslie Leland Fields. And the article centers around this passage from the Bible where it says, you know, train up a kid in the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it, right? And um, so here's what a lot of ladies feel is that, hey, my kids have to turn out, you know? They have to turn out perfect. And she uh, she actually acknowledges a, a, a a phenomenon called parental panic. And that panic is when you're so worried about how your kids turn out. It's like you're thinking when they're born, you know, they have to come home and they have to sleep through the night pretty quickly, right? And then they have to like be potty trained pretty quick, you know, not that quick, but just quicker than my neighbor's kids did, right? And then uh, they have to quit, you know, uh, you know, soiling their pants. They got to be potty trained, sleep through the night. They've got to be an honor student, you know, then they have to want to give away all their toys to the homeless. You know, they have to come to church and believe all your Christian views and all the uh, Christian doctrines that you believe, you know, they, uh, I don't ask for much. They just have to be muscular and healthy and in good shape and want to recycle and on and on I could go, right? But when they don't do everything we think they should do, you can feel the weight of that sense of I'm not enough. I didn't do enough. And it can be discouraging. 
I want to show you a chart that I've shown you in other services, and I'll probably show you again. And it's about the voice of Jesus, and it's the voice, the other voices, the voice of this world. Sometimes it's our own negative thinking. But it goes something like this, you know. The voice of Jesus is always loving and life-giving to you. Whereas the other voices of this world always bring us to a place of fear and lack. The voice of Jesus, is it'll be conviction. I mean, he does convict us over our sin, but it's always for our good and our protection. But the other voices are of condemnation, where you can never get it right. And then a Jesus' voice is going to be one of salvation. And the other voices are voices of shame. Jesus' voice is of freedom and joy. And the other voices of this world say, you're just not enough. You may as well not hope. And how many of you want to receive the voice of Jesus today over your parenting and your life? All of us, right? And so um, is it biblical to measure your success as a parent by how your kids turn out? So let's ask the question, how do you measure success as a mother? Because look, if you're going to measure your success based upon how your kids turn out, then how would God do under that type of scrutiny? Because look at what God did. He had these two kids, Adam and Eve. They were two genetically perfect kids. Okay? And they were placed in the perfect environment. I mean, they were in the Garden of Eden. And God gave them all kinds of attention. You know, he walked with them in the cool of the garden. He loved them perfectly. They had perfect food there in the garden. No GMOs in the food, you know. Uh, they didn't have to worry about anything being gluten-free or, you know, free range or any of that. They had the perfect food in the perfect environment, and they were two genetically perfect kids. And what did they do? They sinned. And today, you and I are dealing with the ripple effect of Adam and Eve's sin back in the garden. So under the scrutiny that this world and the enemy and sometimes our own negative thinking places upon us, God couldn't even live up to that expectation. So do you think that you can create a better environment for your kids than what God did? I don't think so. And this, the rest of what I'm going to share with you today applies to not just moms, but you know, those that want to be moms and dads and those that want to be dads and those of you that are single, because certainly in the Bible, singleness is a place of honor. It doesn't matter whether you're an empty nester or uh, you're pregnant right now. What I'm going to share with you applies to all of us today. Now, who was the guy who wrote the proverb that we referenced earlier about raising up your kids in the way that you go? Well, it was Solomon. And what was his mom's name? Her name was Bathsheba, and we're going to drill down on them today. So if you would, stand with me now for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read to you one passage that was written by Solomon and another passage that was written about Solomon and his mom, Bathsheba. So take a look at the words of God with me from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not turn from it. And then we're going to transfer to Change channels to 1 Kings 2.19. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak on Adonijah's behalf. And look at what happened next. The king rose from his throne to meet her, and he bowed down before her. And when he sat down on his throne again, the king ordered that a throne be brought for his mother, and she sat at his right hand. The very words of God. And so mothers, can you imagine that your son 
is the wealthiest man on the planet and that he's one of the most powerful men in the world and he's one of the wisest people that have ever lived and he has a throne made for you and he bows down before you. That is honoring a mother. So uh, why don't you guys go ahead and take a seat, ladies, as you plan for your children to build thrones for you today and uh, bow down before you today. We want to honor you today, ladies, and there are three things that we want to honor you for as our mothers. And the first one is this. We honor you for doing the best you knew how with the hand you were dealt. You know what I mean by that? It's like you didn't always raise your kids under the most ideal of circumstances. You know what I'm saying? And isn't it helpful for us to extend a little grace our mother's way? Um, you know, we don't expect them to be the perfect mom because they raised us under less than perfect circumstances. And that leads me back to the story that we saw earlier about Solomon and his mother Bathsheba. What were the circumstances under which Bathsheba was raising this guy, Solomon. Well, let's look at the story for a minute in case you don't know it. Uh, Bathsheba was just minding her own business, taking a bath on her rooftop when the hot, rich warrior poet King David saw her there and called for her and had sex with her and impregnated her with Solomon and then had her faithful husband of many years, Uriah, murdered. So Solomon was born from an adulterous relationship with a questionable power dynamic going on in the relationship between David and Bathsheba. So do you think that Bathsheba was raising him under the most perfect of circumstances? Certainly not, but she did the best she knew how under the circumstances that she was given. And because of that, her son, as he grew up, figured it out. And he saw what his mom was made to go through in her life and what she dealt with and perhaps the guilt and shame that others would have thrown her direction. And he said, Mom, I honor you so much so. I'm building a throne for you and you're going to sit at my right hand and I'll bow down before you to worship you. And so moms, we honor you that you did everything you knew to do to parent us the best you knew how. But look at number two. We honor you for instructing us and passing on your faith to us. Because we know many of you have said, hey, I want to pass on my faith. And for me, that means I want to bring my kids to church and enlist the help of a church like with a great ministry like Kid City, where kids have deposited into them the word of God. And many of you moms have also tried to deposit the word of God into your kids at home. And you've quoted Bible verses and you've tried to teach them the best you know how. And I know how you feel. Some of you are like, hey, man, I'm not a theologian. And I can't parse Greek words, you know, and I can't translate the Old Testament Hebrew and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know every Bible verse there is. No, but Moms, we honor you. Do not underestimate the significance of you pointing your kids in the direction of God and trying to pass on your faith. You have made a significant impact. Let me take you to a passage where this is revealed in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. 
It says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Don't use that as your daughter's name. But And I know the same faith continues strong in you. You see what Paul's saying to young Timothy? He's like, hey, Timothy, the only reason you know the Lord to this day is because your mom did the best. Your mom and your grandma, they did the best they knew how to pass on their faith to you. And ladies should be honored because of that. And look, I know what happens, moms. It's like, you're making your kids go to church. Hey, maybe your mom guilted you into coming to church today. Hey, she should be honored for guilting you to come to church, right? It's a gift. But uh, I know a lot of kids will, on the way to church, will say, oh, mom, do we have to go to church again? Oh, do we got to do this again? Mom, why are you talking about God again? And they roll their eyes, and then they trash talk you. You ever, especially when they get to be teenagers, you know, um, when they turn teenagers, they, they kind of know everything, right? And so they tell you, mom, how you should be parenting, and they've got a great critique for you as you're parenting. Well, I've got a, voice, uh, I've got a verse for you mothers to share with your kids when they're trash-talking your parenting. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. It says, the eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instruction will be plucked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures, right? <laughs> That's a great one, isn't it? So if you're driving down the road, you see some teenager, they're checking their phone, all of a sudden a raven's pulling their eyeballs out, you know what happened, right? <laughs> oh, last service, I asked my daughter to get that tattooed on her hand, the proverb uh, thirty seventeen. So we honor you moms for passing on your faith, but look at number three, we honor you for letting us go. This is the hard one, isn't it, moms? We honor you for being willing to let us go. You've nurtured us. You've raised us. You've done the best you know how. And then there comes that point where you have to let go. Like Moses' mother had to do under dire circumstances, Moses' mother had to place baby Moses in a basket and float him down the crocodile-infested Nile River to give him the best chance of survival. And it somehow, by God's grace, worked out. And mothers, do you remember the day where you took that kid to kindergarten for the first day and that kid got out of the minivan or the car and the backpack that was on his or her little back was bigger than the kid and that kid goes walking into that elementary school into the crocodile-infested school, right? <laughs> you know, of all the crazy kids. It's letting go. Some of you remember your teenage daughter's quinceanera and it's like you're in the process of letting go because that little girl's becoming a woman. Some of you have a child that's going to be first-generation college, and you wanted to keep him or her in the home, but you graciously let go so your kid could go to college. And some of you remember that day that you gave away your child in marriage. You know, your beautiful daughter, she's walking down the aisle, and there's a pervert at the front of the church waiting for her, right? <laughs> you had to let him go. You know, Jeannie and I were really the only two kids in our families that moved away because God led us down here to San Antonio. So our parents, our moms live in other states. And a lot of times on vacation, you know, we'll go to see our moms. And there's been more than one time where we're leaving our moms and there's some tears of letting go because they had to release us into God's will for our lives. And certainly Jesus' mother knew what it was like to let go of him in the ultimate kind of way, you know? When she released him 
to fulfill his calling in the world. Go with me to John chapter 19, verse 25. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here's your son. And he said to this disciple, here's your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. So even when he was dying, Jesus was taking care of his mother because he honored his mother in this way. Men, it's one of the greatest honors of our lives that we can, even to the point of our death, we're still honoring our mothers. But can you imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, can you imagine what she felt when she had to watch her son go die on that cross to pay for my sins and for yours? Because it wasn't just the physical pain of Roman crucifixion, which was a torturous, barbarous kind of death. But it was the emotional and spiritual pain that Jesus experienced when all of our trauma, all of our depression and anxieties, and all the guilt and shame of all of our sins went upon him spiritually along with the physical beating. And Mary had to watch it as she let go of her son in the ultimate kind of way. And look, there are mothers in this room and online and at other services at this church today who know what it's like to let go of a child in the ultimate way and outlive their own children. Shannon Carvajal was 21 weeks into her pregnancy with their little son, Manny. When she found out that Manny had a condition called Potter's syndrome where his lungs won't develop appropriately. And Shannon made the very difficult decision to carry Manny to full term. And he was born and he lived for 90 minutes. During that 90 minutes, the doctors expected that his little heart rate would fall, but Manny rallied. It was like he was saying, I want a little more time with my mom and dad. And then Ultimately, the 90 minutes was up, and Shannon had to let Manny go. I was texting with my friend Michael, Shannon's husband, last week, and uh, he had written a poem to honor his wife, Manny's mother, and his son. And I wanted to share Michael Carvajal's poem with you today, which I think is wonderful. It's entitled, I Once Held an Angel. And Michael wrote, I once held an angel, a five-pound, six-ounce miracle. He was soft to the touch, absolutely beautiful, and altogether perfect. I once held an angel. His cherubic face reminded me of his mother, his nose, his yawn. Surely his origins are heaven-made. I once held an angel. His love was tangible, his strength Abdominable, his courage inspirational. I once held an angel. His name meant God is with us, and in his being, he radiated God's majestic presence. I once held an angel. He named me his father, he named my wife his mother, and we named him Emmanuel, our beautiful baby boy. And so for 90 minutes, little Manny Carbajal experienced the love and blessing of a mother. And it doesn't matter whether you got 90 minutes with your mother 
or 90 years with their mother. We all are made by God to love our mothers and receive the blessing of a mother. And just as there are moms who knows what, know what it feels like to lose a child, there are many children here who know what it's like to go that first Mother's Day without mom. And I know that this topic makes some of us a little bit emotional, doesn't it? And so as you watch this next video, I'd like you to think about your mom. When I move out one day, my mom will be very sad. I feel my mom's love in my heart, like, it's right here. I, I'm feeling it right now. Sometimes I love her, sometimes I don't. But when I'm angry, I don't. My mom is everything to me. She just is this ray of energy and sunlight and positivity. The thing that I wish I could have done more of is thanking her. Didn't matter what shape I was in, I could always come home to mom. My mom was basically the glue that held me together. When I left the Philippines, I knew that my son will be in good hands because I know my mom will take care of him. My mom is kind of smart, you know? Dad's mad. If I would say like one to ten, it would be a five. Maybe my poor dad got the raw end of the deal, but I do remember my mother saying to him when there was an argument about something I'd done, she says, you don't want to hurt her spirit. I remember that. My mom was diagnosed with uh, a really rare disease about 12 hours before she died. So we didn't get a lot of time to, to talk or to say goodbye, but she did get to say that she loved me, which were her last words. Uh, and I cherish that. Because I have I've been able to hang on to it. I'm probably going to say to my mom, you're a wonderful person. And you're my mentor. I tie an invisible string to my heart, and she ties the same one to her heart, and it's always attached together. My mother, she struggled a lot with addiction. Sorry, I'm getting upset. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. You know, you have partners, you have friends, you have kids, um, but there is nobody else who, um, who will ever care about you as much. My son now always tells me, I love you, Mama. But for 48 years, you realize I didn't say I love you to my mom. I can think of three words. I forgive you. You were good, Mom. You did really good. And thank you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Hey, Chelsea, if moms got paid, how much do you think they should get paid in a year for being a mom? Maybe a hundred dollars. Maybe a hundred dollars, moms. <laughs> Do you know the thing that's consistent about our moms is we can never call them enough. 
We can never honor them enough and we can never tell them we love them enough. And one of the reasons that this topic moves us is because I believe each one of us are wired by God to not just need the blessing of a father, but also the blessing of a mother. So I invited one of our stellar moms around the church. She's a biological mom, but she's also a spiritual mom. Her name is Stephanie, and you hear her sing from time to time, and she's going to speak a mother's blessing over us. And I want you to imagine just for a minute that as Stephanie speaks this blessing over you, that it's actually your mom speaking it. And I understand that some of you have moms that struggled with addiction or were absent or didn't have emotional intelligence in the way that she raised you. But just imagine for a moment that your mom got her stuff together and that she's speaking the blessing she should speak over you if she were here today. And others of you had pretty good moms, but she wasn't articulate and didn't know the language to speak a blessing. Well, I want you to imagine this is your good mom. And some of you had great moms, and it's not a stretch for you to think about this. So think about your mom speaking a blessing over you. Would you stand up with me? And uh, if you'd be willing to receive this mother's blessing today from a spiritual mother, would you just put your hands out in a position to receive it? I bless you, my precious child. You are so, so loved, specially created by God. You're unique, you're perfect, and I am so proud of you. I bless the work of your hands, your gifts and abilities. I bless your spirit to know and love and give love, to know God intimately, to love him intimately and serve him. I bless your emotions, your relationships with your friends, your spouse and others. I bless your heart that your spouse and friends can safely trust in you. I bless your provision for your family in food, clothing, love, warmth, and understanding. I bless you with an unselfish willingness to share what you have with others. I bless your fear of the Lord to follow his ways and to desire to have order and balance in your life. I bless you with wisdom and strength that comes from God to enable you to respect and honor your spouse and your family. I bless you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I give you life as a mother. I speak life to every cell of your body. I release you to be the man or woman that God intended you to be. Before you were born, God loved you and I love you. 
I honor you. I praise God for you. I bless you now and forevermore. Amen.
Father, we thank you for your blessing upon our lives, and we thank you for the blessing of our mothers. Many of us uh, wouldn't be alive without our mothers, certainly wouldn't know you. And as we reflect upon our mothers, is there any more pure love than a mother? There's only one, and it's the love of the Lord God. And perhaps your mother has pointed you towards him, whether she has or has not. Maybe you never knew before that God was for you and wants love relationship with you. And if that describes you and you would like a love relationship with God today, I want you to just talk to him in your own heart and mind. I'm not going to point you out and embarrass you in any way. But just tell God something like this, just in your own words. Hey, look, God, I know I've sinned in different ways. I've made some mistakes in life for sure. But God, right now in this moment, I'm making a choice to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to take the punishment I deserved. And he rose again from the dead to give me new life. God, I welcome you into my life and I choose to follow you the best I know how. And God, all of us, thank you for the blessing that it is that is our mothers. And we pray that they would feel blessed today. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. You guys go ahead and take a load off just for a minute. And as we wrap up today, just a couple of things I want to remind you about. Like Pedro said, we're coming up on our 15-year anniversary as a church, so make sure and be present for that on June the 4th. And then I wanted to um, tweak a little of the information we heard earlier about Purpose Lab. That's actually going to be next Sunday at 11.30 a.m., in the cafe right next door. And in that class, you can learn about your wiring and gifting and how God has created you uniquely in order to serve, perhaps here in the church uh, in some capacity. So uh, if that's of interest to you, make sure and be at that little seminar. Again, that's 11.30 a.m. in the cafe next Sunday. Now, all these services and everything we do around here is made possible because you guys are so generous with your resources. Now, if you're new to church, maybe you're just coming here for the first time, we're not like trying to be all pushy with you about the offering part of it, but the way we fund all the ministries of our church is through our collective generosity and people bring what we call a tithe um, and offerings here at the church. And since we don't pass buckets or plates, there are four ways to pull that off by mail, text, at the giving stations, or online. You can go on any device, citytribe.church slash tithe. And we're so grateful for all that your resources are doing to change the lives of mothers and children and dad and dads and uh, all sorts of people. So um, if you guys would stand up one last time. I'm just trying to get you in shape here at church. <laughs> Leg strength. And if you'd like to receive a word of benediction, positive word of you, just put a hand out, position to receive. And dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, do not go under the oppression of not enough, but step into your identity in Jesus Christ of love and salvation. Walk from here, honoring your mother and walking 
in the blessing. You guys have an amazing Mother's Day, and we'll see you next Sunday. Peace. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.